Your morning routine determines your day. Welcome to the Pilot Wife Podcast. And today we're talking about your morning routine for success. Now, we all have one. We already have a morning routine. It's what we do day in and day out. But most of us are allowing it to operate on autopilot. So I want you to think of three things that you do right now, first thing every morning. Are those setting you up to win the day? Let's unpack a successful morning routine. Wheels up, we're airborne. Welcome to the Pilot Wife and Aviation Podcast. I'm Jackie Almer, an aviation professional and pilot wife for over 30 years, and I'm your co-captain. I have some free resources to help you live your best aviation and high-achieving life at resources.pilotwifepodcast.com. Buckle up, stow your bags, and let's unpack the high-altitude life. Hey, it's Jackie, and welcome back to the show. Whether you are a new listener or you've been around a while, I'm thrilled to have you here. And I always appreciate your feedback and your reviews. Now, keep in mind, reviews are how more people find us. And that helps everyone in our profession just show up better, be better, do better, right? And of course, you can always suggest a topic or um, come on the show. Let me interview you on the show. And more details on that are at the end. All right. So um, I am launching this as the first in a series of what I call the self-care series. Believe it or not, your morning routine really shapes a big part of your self-care because self-care is about far more than just massages and pedicures and manicures and spa days and all of that. It's really how we set ourselves up for success in every area of our life. And of course, to to coin that old aviation phrase, it's so important that you put your own oxygen mask on first because that's what allows you to show up best for yourself, best for your partner, your spouse, your husband, the pilot, whoever, and certainly show up for your kids, your business colleagues, friends, any other relationship in your life. So, first, on the morning routine, here's what I want you to know. Your morning routine actually begins best if you want it to be effective the night before. You want to set yourself up for winning, and the best way to do this is through a good evening routine. Now, it's the next show, so stay tuned. Setting yourself up for success is a choice. It really is. Um, and choices, we all make choices every day, and they determine our success or failure I don't really like to use the word failure. It's one of those ugly F words, but I think you know what I mean. Um, those choices that we make are what set us up for that. So if your mornings are typically a five alarm crazy show of scrambling and running to get this done and you feel like you're putting out fires and you feel like you're always behind, then this show is definitely for you. You deserve a powerful supportive morning and plan. So we're gonna put yourself first by beginning the night before. Now, I'm going to be sending a short cheat sheet that you can use to help train your brain and shift your habits and give you some of these steps that I'm sharing, because we all know that most of the time, nothing happens overnight. Habits don't change and correct and just show up magically 
overnight. It takes time and practice. So make sure that you're signed up to receive these sheets. Just go to pilotwifepodcast.com down the fourth button. I believe it is there. You can click on that and um, put your name and email in there so I can send you that cheat sheet. We all have motivations behind what we do. Everything that we do has some type of motivation. We don't typically think of this consciously, but it's true. And usually what we do is, is to experience one of two things. We're either seeking to gain pleasure or avoid pain. And this is where your habits and your mindset, and by mindset, I mean being very aware and present with your thoughts, realizing that you are not your thoughts and that you can change your thoughts and accountability is so important. And that's what that cheat sheet's gonna do for you. It's gonna help you incorporate some habits, some mindset work, and some accountability into what it is that you are doing with this whole protocol and setting yourself up for that success. Now, a morning routine is especially valuable when you're flying solo, right? When your pilot's on a trip. It's important that... Um, you make your day as scheduled and orderly as possible. This not only helps you stay calm and avoid overwhelm, but it also helps everyone in the household, children, whether small or teenagers or even grown, it helps everyone know what's expected and what's happening. And you can, and dare I say should, and you know I don't like to ever should on you or should on anybody, you can get your kids involved. And I really encourage you to do this because this is going to help set them up for success in the rest of their life. When they understand the morning routine, when they understand structure, especially if they're children of a pilot, they're probably already used to this because let's face it, even around the house, most of our pilots operate off of a checklist. So you're gonna really help your kids be more successful with school, more successful with managing themselves and any tasks that come along, managing college, managing work later, managing relationships, a household, all of that type stuff. So back to the evening before, I always like to begin with the end in mind. So the evening before my morning starts, I like to visualize ahead of time what my day is going to look like. I get out my calendar and I begin to make some decisions for the next day. I always have my next day planned and I like to say what's on the calendar gets done, gets accomplished. So I like to have my day planned and like anyone, I have to maintain that other big F word, flexibility. I have to know that um, things come up and life isn't always going to go as planned. But what I do know is that just like a flight plan and flying, when you have one, you're much more likely to arrive on time with less turbulence and safely and successfully. And that's what we want in life, right? So um, how do you currently end the day? I like to take a short amount of time and like I say, plan my day, but how are you currently ending your day? Do you have a routine? The decisions that you make the night before determine your day for the next day. If your day ends by default, quite often your morning's gonna start by default as well. So what if you chose to get intentional to make things easier for you the next day? Let's start by creating those evening habits that set us up to create new habits for the next day. So the first thing is sit down and make a list of all that happens typically most mornings. So you may have two sets of um, 
checklist, if you will. You'll have that Monday through Friday checklist, especially if you have children in school, you work a Monday through Friday job, but you'll know for yourself how to set this up. And then you may have that weekend checklist too. So make a list of everything that happens on those days and everything must happen in the morning. And again, especially with kids, go to your calendar the night before for the next day and make that list. What ongoing things do you do already? Do you make lunches for kids, for yourself? Do you pack and prep perhaps for the pilot or do you help out with that? Is there homework that has to be done? Is there athletics and extra gear and extracurricular activities that the kids engage in? Do you typically have coffee in the morning? Um, do you have a goal at least to work out? This is where your workout gear and exercise clothes, loading the coffee maker, all of those things become important to help your morning run more smoothly. So what decisions can be made for the next day? You can load the car ahead of time with the kid gear, right? Soccer, hockey, um, football, cheerleading, whatever it is, you can get all that loaded up ahead of time. If you're like me and you like to do a morning journal practice, you can set that out perhaps by your coffee maker um, because you might get up and first thing, pour that cup of coffee and then maybe you can take five minutes and sit down and journal. Have a breakfast plan already set so that you're not, again, operating in autopilot and defaulting to those food choices that won't necessarily set you up for the success that you want. Maybe you start with um, a protein shake, or if you're familiar with my seed cycling, it's a hormone balancing protocol that I have put together. Um, I'll have that in the show notes so that you can access that and try it out for yourself and see if it works for you. I love it because it has healthy fats, healthy fiber, protein, and it satiates me for the day. And it also has done an amazing job of helping to balance my hormones. And if you're 35 or older, believe it or not, it starts that young. It's something that you may want to factor in. Now, do you get up to an alarm? Ideally, you want to wake up at the same time every day. And I know this may be painful for some of you, no snooze button. Why is that? Well, it tells your brain a couple of things. It tells your brain that you're not really serious about getting up at the time that you set the alarm for. It also sends a signal that you're tired, you're not motivated, you're not ready to jump out of bed and seize the day. And I know I hear from some people, well, I'm not a morning person. This has nothing to do with being a morning person. This has to do with creating new habits, new disciplines, and setting yourself up for success. So I mean it, seriously, just try it. Brave the discomfort that you're going to feel initially, and I acknowledge that. And as I mentioned, we all have motivations, right, to seek pleasure or avoid pain. But in some cases, you're going to have to push yourself a little harder and brave that discomfort. Here's what I promise you, you will survive. Also, when you hit that snooze button, it screams subconsciously to your brain, I have no purpose. I have no passion. I have no planning for my day. I'm just going to lay here as long as I possibly can. Now, here's another habit I want to encourage, and that is to get up and make your bed as soon as you are out of it, if there's nobody else still in it. This is a military protocol. It's something I've done my entire life. I don't know why. Um, I don't remember my mom or my dad being super strict with that, but I know that for me, 
being very neat and orderly in my space is important to me because physical clutter in my environment and yours too creates mental clutter and mental clutter can be so distracting to getting other things done. It was kind of funny today, even I got up and the dog needed my attention right away. So I got up and dealt with him and then did some things in the kitchen and piddled around. And I didn't make my bed first thing after getting out of it. And then I came back and I looked at it and I thought, oh, well, you know, things had gotten out of order because that was the time that I typically would sit down and have my hot tea and journal. And I sat there looking at that bed and I thought, no, that is going to totally distract me if I do not make that bed. Um, and so I did. I just immediately put everything else aside, put the hot tea down, all of my morning, my typical morning routine. And I got that bed made and then I felt so much better and I don't have to think about it again. And as I pass in and out of the bedroom all day and see it, it's neat, it's orderly, and it creates calm and peace in my world. And for me personally, that's very important. Uh, you have heard me say before on another show that happiness is never my end goal, but peace and calm is. Now, yes, I love being happy and I consider myself a very happy person most of the time, but like anyone, things derail me and sometimes happiness eludes me and that's okay. I'm striving for that peace and calm and having that bed that's already made helps with that. Now, another part of your morning routine is to delay technology as long as possible. And I know. I know some of you are looking around the room thinking, oh my gosh, is she talking to me? Yes, I am talking to you and I am speaking to you directly as someone who's very guilty, highly guilty of sleeping with bed on my nightstand. I know, I know, I know, but I have learned to delay the tech side of it as long as possible. What that means is I will get up and put on meditation music or do something like that. I use the Insight Timer app. Um, it has a great, it has many great programs in it. And I'm actually a teacher there. So you can Google or not Google me. You can search my name and you can find some of the recordings that I have on Insight Timer. I love putting stuff out there and it's on my list to get some more stuff put over there. But delaying tech as long as possible is so very important. That means don't re immediately reach for your phone and start scrolling Instagram or Facebook or Messenger or seeing what you missed out on. Avoid going into email, avoid the news, because when you think about it, technology is essentially someone else's agenda for your time, your day, especially if you start it in the morning, and your mood. Because let's face it, social media the news and email can be extremely triggering if we're not careful. It can lead to a stressful start to the morning and that practically ensures bad habits and choices all day long. Now, you know how being stressed out and tired leads to anxiety. It leads to those feelings of overwhelm and ultimately that can lead us to making bad choices. I talk about autopilot a lot, but when we get in that feeling of overwhelmed and anxiety and rushing around, that can lead to bad choices because in our mind, we think, I don't have time. I don't have time, but I need to get this done. Maybe you meant to cook, but now you're going to default to the fast food lane. And now you're 
mad at yourself, beating yourself up, talking negatively to yourself because you made this bad choice. And then what happens? Well, it was going to be a non-drinking night, non-drinking of alcohol. And now all of a sudden, where did that open bottle of wine come from? Again, I can relate. I've been there far more times than I'd like to even think about when it was going to be a non-drinking night, but I'm feeling stressed and overwhelmed. And I'm looking for that perceived anxiety reliever that alcohol can provide. So you ask, gosh, where did that open bottle of wine come from? And then who finished it anyway, right? That happens sometimes. When we feel overwhelmed, it's easy to say, what the heck? Why not just finish the bottle so it doesn't go to waste? And again, I know I've been there. Now, instead of planning tomorrow for success, you're on the couch binging Netflix. This is how a morning routine or an evening routine can end up when we don't set the morning up and the day up right. And have you ever woken up on the couch after midnight and wondered how the heck that happened? Again, I'm guilty as charged. Hasn't happened in years but it certainly used to happen for me when I operated on autopilot throughout my day and I didn't get disciplined with building new habits to truly support me. We become someone new by simple decisions, by those habit shifts, small ones, slight ones, and consistent ones. You've probably heard me say before, a confused mind says no, so it's never my goal to overwhelm you. You're gonna get the evening right because you don't want those morning triggers and you know them already. When you set yourself up for success in the evening, you can avoid those morning triggers. And some of those are dirty dishes left in the sink, right? You put that pan into soak and now it's greasy and the water's cold and it looks awful. And you have to make the decision to reach your hands in there and deal with it or, you know, find, put on your dish gloves or something to deal with it because it's gross and it smells and it's awful, Maybe your counter has a lot of clutter on it. I know for me, that's one of my triggers. I like to go to bed with a very clean space. I'm working on that in my office. It can be very easy for me to default to not doing that with the office. Um, maybe a, a leftover open wine bottle or piles of laundry. All of those can be morning triggers that can put us into overwhelm, put us into anxiety and put us into beating ourselves up right away. So let's talk about some evening habits that you already have. Maybe you lock the doors at night. I hope that you do, or you make sure the doors are locked. You take your pets out to do their evening business, and then maybe you put them to bed. You brush your teeth. You remove your makeup. You put pajamas on. Think about those habits that you already do in the evening and decide what new habits can you stack with these to make these habits permanent. When you lock the doors, Put your stuff in the car for tomorrow first, right? That kid's gear, assemble everything the night before, make their lunches the night before, get all the stuff for their activities, athletics, backpacks, get everything as ready as you can, put them in the car, everything that you can get put in the car, put in the car as you lock the doors at night. Set out your keys, maybe right there on the counter or wherever you need them and maybe get your water bottle ready. You can load the coffee maker, you can run the dishwasher. Set out that workout gear in your clothing so that you're more inclined to get up, put up that, put on that workout gear and get busy at the gym or a home workout or whatever it is that you do. Now, for me as a steadfast non-snacker and an intermittent fasting person, 
I clean the kitchen immediately after dinner. And then I go brush my teeth because that distracts me and detracts me from wanting to eat anything again, because then of course I'm going to have to brush my teeth again. And it's just a habit hack that I've developed that helps keep me from snacking after dinner. And habits are much better than relying on willpower because the reality of it is willpower. We only have so much willpower in the day. All of us do. Okay. So when you find somebody that seems very disciplined with willpower, very often it's simply that they've built the habits and the discipline, and they're not relying on the willpower to see the job through. Our willpower starts stronger in the day. It wanes by the end of the day. And there's actually been studies done on judges where if you are set to go to trial or a hearing or anything like that, you're going to be much better served if you get a morning time frame than the afternoon because willpower and um, attention span and all of that wanes by the end of the day. So we know that habits take less energy to engage in when we're not feeling stressful about them. And our discipline is ultimately decided by those habits. So discipline creates habits and habits create that discipline. I like to talk about the consistency chain, and that is each day being able to check off the boxes of the intentions and goals that I had for the day and getting those done. And that, that, habit that I create creates that discipline and not wanting to disappoint myself by missing that checkbox. And the reality of it is habits, discipline, and success require those tough decisions sometimes. And a lot of that starts with building personal integrity. Building personal integrity is so important. And that starts with keeping your commitments to yourself. Now, again, that episode is coming too. Too often we put ourselves last and that ultimately models for others how they're going to treat us. So you want to build that personal integrity with keeping commitments to yourself. Those commitments start with your evening routine, your morning routine, building those habits, building that discipline. Now I have a good friend who unfortunately is going through a awful divorce right now. Um, she's not a pilot wife, but she is uh, married to a high-performing male. So it's quite an interesting divorce. And we've been talking a lot lately about um, the way that she feels like he treats her, her adult children treat her. And a lot of that comes back around to the habits that she created for herself. Now, keep in mind, I'm not shaming or blaming her. She and I have talked about this specifically, and she realizes that she didn't set firm boundaries, that she accepted too much, that she pushed too much under the rug for years and years and years. And now everybody operates in her family operates under a protocol of, oh, well, you know, I, I can, I don't have to ask mom, she'll move everything to make my schedule fit for her or with her husband. I don't have to communicate clearly because I never have. And that's never been the way that we ran our marriage. And so he feels like it doesn't have to be the way they run their divorce. So, you know, that's just an example. Now I talk a lot in this show and in my work about self-image and your future self. And I've had a couple of people ask me, what the heck is a future self? Well, 
we all have a self-image and it's what we're living every day. So when you look at yourself and not just physically, not just how you look, but how you think, how you act, your habits, how you show up in relationships, everything about your life is created by the self-image that you have for yourself. And quite often, again, that's done by autopilot. We're on default mode. My goal is to get you out of that. My goal is to get you to really think about defining who you want to be next week, next month, a year from now. Who do you want to be in every area of your life? So just imagine a year from now, wave a magic wand. What's happening? Where are you in your health and fitness journey? How's your weight? And I don't like to focus on weight, but the reality of it is, especially with women, let's face it, we are conditioned by society. And then we've conditioned ourselves to believe that the number on the scale matters. I like to focus on health and wellness. And if you've heard me talk before, you know that for this year specifically, my health and wellness is my number one goal, because I know again about that whole oxygen mask on first routine that I have to secure mine first so that I can show up the best for everyone else. So that's kind of why I started with that. So a year from now, how do you see yourself? How do you see your most healthy self? How do you see your most fit self? How do you see your most functional self? What does that look like for you? And if that's a number on a scale or a dress size or pant size or whatever, that's okay. That's okay because I do believe that good health uh, thrives better when you're at your ideal weight, whatever that is for you. And that's not body shaming. That's truly just focus around health and longevity, which for me as a fairly new grandmother, that's important to me. I want to be at my grandchildren's wedding. I want to dance at my grandchildren's wedding. I don't want to have to show up with a walker or a wheelchair or any of those type things. And she's just about to turn three, my little granddaughter, the only one that I, the only grandchild I have now. But, you know, when you think about 20 years from now or whatever, when she might be getting married, I want to be fully functional. I don't want anybody to have to come pick me up in the old lady's home, if you know what I mean. So it's important to me. I'm very focused on every day making those intentional habits around my health and wellness. And that includes mental health as well. Now, waving that magic wand, let's take a look at relationships. What would you like to see your marriage look like a year from now or your partnership? How can you make that better, stronger, more engaged, more in sync? And take that out to your kids as well, whether they're small children, teenage children, grown children, blended families, parents, step-parents, uh, that's a blended family, even if you're the adult in a step-parent relationship. Um, you know, are you caregiving? How do you really want to see uh, your relationships be stronger? And then what about career and money? What about career and money? How do you want that to be a year from now? How do you see yourself in that phase of your life? How do you currently rate your career satisfaction on a scale of one to 10? And honestly, you can do this in each area. How do you rate your health and fitness on a scale of one to 10 right now? And then what do you want to see that number at in a year? How about your relationships on a scale of one to 10? And where do you want to see those? And back to career and money, please keep in mind that a stay-at-home mom is a career and a worthy 
and viable, valuable one. So rate that. Rate your satisfaction as a stay-home mom. And what will it take to make that better? Now, when you do that scale rating, then you can begin to look at what has to change from that self-image you have of yourself today to a new self-image, that future self of tomorrow, next year, whatever that time frame is for you. What has to shift in you, nobody else? This is just strictly you. If you listen to my, I think it was my last show where I talked about my client, Jana, where we really improved her self-image and how she felt about herself, her confidence level and all of that. And it improved every area of her life and certainly her marriage. She didn't need her husband to change. She changed. And then guess what happened by default? (laughs) He changed too. And that's almost always what happens. When you have a clearly defined vision of the person that you're becoming, that makes your habits so much easier, so much easier. So for me, you know, I have some questions that I ask. I know where I'm headed in the next year. And when I have to make a decision about something, a choice or whatever, I ask myself, is this moving me closer to my future self or moving me further away? And it helps me make that decision. Sometimes I intentionally choose to make the decision where it's not necessarily moving me closer to that goal. But at least when I make that decision, I'm doing it intentionally with awareness and not on autopilot. You can weigh everything against that decision, every choice that you make or against that question. You can weigh everything against the question, is this moving me closer to my future self or taking me further away? Now, just a little bit, just to share an example of my morning routine. It's so much better now that I have it planned, written out and made easy by setting myself up with the tools the night before. Now, I don't get up to an alarm anymore. And quite frankly, I haven't in years. I'm a morning person. If you know me well, you know that. It's very rare for me to still be in bed past 5 a.m. And I like to use that 5 to 5.30 a.m. time to really start my day before my work day. So what I do is when I wake up, I spend one minute at least, one to five minutes still in bed. Now, I haven't hit a snooze button, but I stay in bed because I lay there and I practice my gratitude. I do a little meditation. I practice gratitude. I have sheets that I love. I've shared that before. I always say gratitude for those sheets, for my home, for my mind, for my friends, for my husband, for so many things. I just practice that gratitude because it's impossible to stay mopey. Uh, when you have started with gratitude, because it's just uplifting. I really encourage you to try it if you don't know what I'm talking about. And then I get up and I turn right around and I make the bed if my husband is not still in it. Now he's a morning person too, and often beats me out of bed. And often we get up at the same time. And we do have a rule. The last one out of bed has to make it. Um, And he's pretty darn good about that. But He does not make it the minute he gets out of bed. So very often I've learned that if I come back into the bedroom to do any of my journaling or any of that, if the bed is unmade and I'm grumpy about it, or I feel distracted or it creates mental clutter for me, then I just make it because that's my problem, not his problem. He's agreed to make the bed if he's the last one out of it and he does get it done in the morning, but he gets up and deals with the dog, goes to the bathroom, makes coffee, 
does all that first thing. And I've realized that I have to stay in my own lane. I can't control when he's going to do that. I can only control my thoughts and feelings around it. And so if it's really bothering me, what the heck? I just go ahead and make it. It literally takes all of a minute and a half. It's no big deal. It makes me feel better. It makes me not resentful of him for not doing it on my schedule. So I want to encourage you to think about that if you if you have some triggering issues around any of that. So I make the bed. Um, I use the restroom like most of us do. I take my vitamins. I brush my teeth. And then I immediately do my mirror work. Now, when I get to some other episodes and focus more on self-image and more of the self-care, I will get into exactly what that means. But um, it's something that I do where I speak into the mirror. I look myself in the eyes, which is something that we very often avoid. And I tell myself how great I am. I tell myself what I appreciate about myself. I tell myself what my expectations and goals are for the day, how I intend to show up, how I am showing up as a woman of substance. Substance is my word for the year. Uh, My word for the month in February, this month is constraint. How am I going to constrain my day and not get distracted by other things? And I don't do all of this in my mirror work, but I do talk to myself about my gratitude, my appreciation, how much I like myself. I love myself, what I intend to do. And then I end with a high five to myself in the mirror. That's not something I made up. Mel Robbins, um, you can Google Mel Robbins high five habit. I do follow her on Instagram and I listen to her podcast and she's the one that got me started doing that. I've been doing mirror work forever, um, but now I've incorporated that high five habit into my mirror work. And it's amazing how motivating it is. Again, kind of like um, starting with gratitude. It's amazing how motivating it is when you start with self-love and Ladies, I'm mostly talking to you, some of the men too. We don't do that often enough. We really don't. We have a tendency to look in the mirror and scowl at ourselves. Is that a new wrinkle? Oh my gosh, I look like I've gained five pounds. Whatever it is, we just go on and on. We often have a very negative thought process that we go through when we look at ourselves in the mirror. So I want to encourage you to incorporate some mirror work into that. Then I do, I go make my hot tea for the morning and then I sit down with that and I do my daily thought download and five minutes of journaling. That's a big thing for me. I like to start with weighing in on what's the emotion that I'm feeling for today because most of us, all of us really, we wake up with a feeling. We either feel motivated, grateful, inspired, happy, joyful, calm, peaceful, something positive Or we wake up feeling something negative in lack. Um, I'm running late already. I'm in overwhelm. I'm anxious. I had a fight with my husband or spouse the night before, and now I'm not happy. We start with some thought and emotion for the day. And I like to get that all out on paper in a journal or on a piece of paper that you can shred or burn if you don't want anybody else to see it. I've talked about that before in my daily thought downloads and my journaling practice. Um, And then I ask myself if I'm feeling an emotion that's not the one that I want, not in a positive side, what will it take to help me feel better? Then I do six minutes of yoga, stretching, sun salutations, if at all possible. Sometimes it's not. If it's winter, I get out and I greet the morning sunrise because it resets the circadian rhythm. There's something powerful about that to get your cortisol and all your hormones operating the way that they should first thing in the morning. 
um, the circadian rhythm and the sunrise is big on that. And, um, and then that's it. And then I come inside and I set my timer for 50 minutes and I go to work in my magic time. I'm a morning person. I love to do work first thing. So I have two 50 minute stretches of work that I get done first thing in the morning. That's almost two hours to create. That's when I do this podcast, which I'm doing right now. First thing in the morning, I shoot videos for my YouTube channel. I work on modules for the High Altitudes Habit Academy or any workshops that I'm doing, the Million Dollar Image Workshop. That's when I work on all of that. I work on my social media, my marketing, any other marketing. I focus on writing my book. There's a lot of things that I work on every day in those two 50-minute stretches first thing in the morning. Now, my kids are gone and grown now, so I can do that. But before, I have had a pretty solid morning routine for a long time before they were gone when I still had kid duty in the morning. I did all that, but then I would come home first thing and that's what I would do. I would set that timer back when I had a kitchen timer and didn't have my smartphone and some of the other things that we have now. I would set that kitchen timer for those timeframes. I work in 50 minute breaks personally or blocks, I should say, because I like to get up and take a 10 minute break to move around the room, to move my body. They say that sitting is the new smoking, and I know that I can get that, um, get those computer shoulders and back where it feels really sore because, you know, you've sat hunched over a computer or something like that. So I set my timer for 50 minutes. When the timer goes off, I go move for 10 minutes, even if it's walking or dancing around my house. If you were in my house, you might laugh at me sometimes, but I don't care. There's nobody here to see me. Sometimes my husband's here, but he's gotten used to that and he's accepted it. <laughs> um, so what's your magic time and set yourself up for success by taking that magic time and getting done the most important things for your day. Now I'm a big fan of factoring in everything else as well as I use my magic time for work time, but I've also got relationship time factored in there too. I have a food plan for the day ahead of time. It's written. So I know what I'm going to be eating. So I don't have to default. I have an exercise plan. I know what I'm going to be doing beyond the yoga and the stretching and the sun salutations that I start with. And my day is done typically by 10 a.m. By 10 a.m. I'm free to do whatever I want. And that could be work more. That's when I work with my clients, go to lunch with my husband, read, hike, work on my Marie Kondo, cleaning up my closet and my physical space, which I've been working on for quite a while, but I'm having joy with it. I promise you. And yes, I am aware that she recently came out after the birth of her third child and said, my house is messy. It's not so easy with kids. Hey, we all know that, but our goal is to do the best that we can. And I, I was kind of hoping she would just say, hey, I realize it's juggling. I'm just doing the best that I can. And maybe you don't follow Marie Kondo and the whole, the magic art of tidying up, I believe is, is her book. And then she has a series on Netflix or had a series. I'm sure it's still on there. So tonight, make the decision about the person that you are becoming your future self. Is that person confident, organized, well-planned and calm? What are three things you already do every morning? And what are three things that you would like to add to that in a good way? What do you want to improve about your morning routine now? And why? Why do you want to improve that? Why is everything? It gives context and a measuring tool to what we do. 
and you want to start setting some deadlines to get this stuff done. You're listening to this. Now, what I you might be driving, walking, doing dishes, making dinner, whatever. But I want you to right now get your phone and write a little note to yourself to set some deadlines for when you're going to start creating a powerful morning routine. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. And don't use the word tomorrow. I want you to set a firm date. Maybe it's Monday, February 20th, or whatever date works for you. I don't want to rush you. Give yourself time to prepare and practice. But also at the same time, don't be too easy on yourself. Be willing to allow the discomfort. Set a morning priority project, kind of like I've shared with my two 50-minute time blocks where I do work stuff. Whatever it is to you, your morning priority project doesn't have to be work-related. It's whatever you choose. So what time does your future self get up? What are the first actions that that future self does? What are the thoughts she has? What time would best support that person who you're becoming? And you may need to try and test and tweak this. That's part of the fun of it. New habits and decisions are a promise that you make to yourself and your future. And you set yourself up for success by honoring those commitments over and over and over again. Yes, there will be pain, there will be discomfort, and there will be challenges that show up kind of like an airplane flying through the sky, right? It encounters turbulence. It encounters different things. It has a mechanical in-flight, not a bad one. Um, there's a medical emergency on board. There are things that happen. That's painful and discomfort and challenging, but it's normal. That's life. When we plan ahead, we can plan for those challenging times. And they're not nearly as likely to knock us off course as they are if we don't plan for them. So watch for the cheat sheet that's coming your way to help you with this. Again, go to pilotwifepodcast.com to get on that list. And I thank you for listening. And I welcome any feedback you have on your morning routine for success. Do you ever find yourself on the struggle bus with relationships, career, or life in general? I'm a mindset and peak performance coach, helping women rediscover their own sense of identity and purpose, avoid turbulence, and put their own oxygen mask on first. Together, we work to get you out of autopilot and create a better flight plan for life and relationship success. As a pilot wife for over 30 years, I've navigated thousands of miles and moments in aviation, mommyhood, business, and life in general. I would love to offer you a free call to see if I might be able to help you too. You can go to coach.pilotwifepodcast.com. And if you have a topic suggestion or a story to share on the show, go to ask.pilotwifepodcast.com. And of course, you'll find all of this at resources.pilotwifepodcast.com. Please take a moment to review and rate the show on whatever your favorite podcast app is. This helps the show get found by others who need what we have here. And you might win some fun swag for your troubles. I'll see you on the journey. And thanks for listening. <laughs>